Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space to talk about what I did this weekend. <laughs> uh, I don't often talk on the podcast about you know myself too much or you know things going on with me all that much. You know, I, I like to keep this a little more focused on you know mental growth and mindsets for martial arts for growth and that kind of stuff but i had a really cool experience uh this past weekend and people have been asking me about it so i figured might as well take this episode and talk about it so this weekend as i discussed last week i got to do commentary for the preliminary card for flex fight series uh, down here over here on long island in a town called patchog in a real nice venue called stereo garden uh, it's a bit of a small venue for fights, but the way they had it set up was absolutely wonderful. Um, they did a, a really good job in making it feel, uh, the venue feel even bigger than it was. The house was absolutely packed, um, and they really maximized the space and their use thereof. But what I was really impressed by uh, when it came to the Flex Fight Series is something that, um, that, that really stood out to me, I should say, is their production value. The way that they put their production on was very high level. Now we're talking about amateur fights here, amateur kickboxing and amateur mixed martial arts fights. But in looking at the way some of these things were done, just very, you know, uh, the ways that that, uh, the venue was set up, the way they introduced the fighters and everything, it was done in a really, really professional way much higher level, honestly, than even certain professional cards that I've seen. Um, Just some basic things. Like, for example, the way they did the fighters' weigh-ins. So I I was a part of the weigh-in on Friday morning. I was there just to get to see the fighters a little bit, get to talk to them a little bit. Um, That was a fun experience for me, going around from, you know, fighter to fighter to fighter, find out who was who on the card, you know, who was fighting whom, where these people were from, what their backgrounds were like, and, you know, talking to all different people about their their different approaches to fighting, their mindset, how they were thinking about uh, the, the fight and moving forward on the fight. And it was great. I mean, some people were absolute characters in a really positive way. Some people didn't have much to say at all. It was obviously weigh-in day, so these guys were, you know, making weight, so I'm sure they were a little hangry. They were a little dehydrated, so uh, I, I appreciated it ec- in, in, to an extra degree when uh, the guys would, or the women would, make the time to have a real nice conversation with me. And you know, there certainly were a couple of those people who had, I had wonderful conversations with. It's funny, even people who I didn't commentate on, I wound up having some conversations with some of those fighters. Um, and then ironically, at the fights the next night, Mrs. Sensei wound up sitting next to one of the fighters I was talking to the most. Wound up sit, uh, his mother was sitting next to Mrs. Sensei, and they were chatting for a while. Um, but overall, an awesome experience. What I was most blown away by was how friendly and welcoming all of the staff was. Everybody who was a part of the Flex Fight Series team. You know, I pride myself on having my school being a very welcoming environment where, you know, people see a new person. Everybody goes up to that person and says hello. People get to know that new person and just help them feel that much more connected to the school, 
which is obviously a wonderful thing. And when you feel like part of a group, it's definitely a very welcoming feeling. And you know, I'm not exactly a shy person, so I was not afraid to you know walk up to the different people that were around and introduce myself to them. You know, everybody from the DJ to the photographer to the digital uh, media manager. You know, obviously the owners and just everybody else who was around who looked like they were reasonably important or was doing something. I made a point to introduce myself um, because I knew the next day was going to be the crazier day. Uh, that is not to say that the weigh-ins uh, were without their craziness. Um, the main event of the evening, really heated contest between two talented young men. Um, there had been some trash talk on social media and stuff. And, you know, it was um, quite heated, even, even at the weigh-in. There was a couple of fights. There was definitely some intense stare-downs and stuff like that. But uh, the main event specifically, there was a little bit of shoving going on. And, uh, you know, that was broken up fairly quickly. But uh, one of the fighters popped the necklace off of the other fighter and, and threw it into the crowd. Actually, it actually hit me in the arm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we broke those guys up pretty quickly. and um, those guys, I was really fired up for that fight as of that point. After that, I, you know, I went, went home, collected my notes a little bit, organized them into a cleaner fashion, and just got prepared for the next day. Um, when I arrived at the venue the next day, what I love to see, and it's something that as a business owner I appreciate, when you see the owner, when you see the person who is, you know, I, I hate to put it this way, but the, the guy who's signing the checks, if he's standing back and letting other people work, I hate that. If he's in there doing the stuff, I love it. And that was very much my experience here. Chris and Nick, who run Flex Fights, did a wonderful job of being a part of the setup. And, you know, I'm not a person who's going to sit around and watch other people work. I just don't have that in me. So I, I, it was everything I could do to, uh, you know, jump in and try to help where I could. But ironically, they had a lot of it handled and a lot of things were... Um, delegated out to the appropriate people and those appropriate people have their systems so, you know i'm like you know what can i do what help can i be and even you know just simple help like setting up tables for myself and the other broadcasters uh setting up tables for the athletic commission just helping people put the tables where they want to be you know cleaning up the zip ties that were used to keep certain things together you know, silly little things but at least then i felt like i was doing something rather than standing there and watch everybody else work and during the setup process it was phenomenal to see Chris, the matchmaker, one of the owners, you know, in the in the cage, talking about the lighting, talking about how I wanted certain things set up, um, and, and you know, adjusting them, working hand in hand with his staff to make sure everything was exactly the way it should be. Nick, the other owner, spending time back with the fighters and the production behind the scene, as well as the athletic commission. And also the sponsors that were there. There were plenty of sponsors who had booths and tables and that kind of stuff. So he definitely uh, spent time with those people. He did more of like the um, operations, I guess you would call it, the venue setup, whereas uh, matchmaker Chris was a little more on the things that would be, be considered um, like the, the visual production. Even though I think Nick handles the actual like, production production, when it came to things like where the rings were, how the TVs were set up, where the camera crews were going to set up, that seemed to be where Chris was was most focused on, and you know, he was he was in it all the time. Like, he was always working. I never saw the guy. You know, he would sit and watch a fight for a couple of minutes, but he didn't spend a lot of time sitting around. 
Uh, and then as you moved on to some of the other staff that was there, um, their, their uh, ring announcer, the person who was doing the introductions and calling the winners and that kind of stuff, um, it's a gentleman by the name of Drew Park. And Drew was absolutely fantastic at his job. First and foremost, if there was ever a voice made for announcing, it is certainly that of Drew Park. Uh, he did a wonderful, he has a wonderful voice for, for announcing. He did a wonderful job with the introductions, took the time to not only learn everybody's name, but more importantly, as someone with a last name that people don't always read phonetically, I appreciate it when someone takes the time to read and understand the pronunciation of a name because we certainly had some funky names that we were trying to, to break down and, and uh, read. And Drew did a fantastic job of doing all that. Um, even though I didn't really feel like he was the guy who would normally do such a thing based on his position in the company, when we had our rules meeting with the Athletic Commission, he did a wonderful job of giving these guys like a real pump-up uh, you know, some real motivation in terms of what, you know, w what they should go out there and try to do in terms of, you know, you know, this is their moment, this is what they've been training for, just really pumping them up and really making them want to go out there and give it their all, which I thought was a wonderful thing. And let me tell you, I don't, I'm not sure if anybody in the venue had a better, more fun night than Drew Park. In between fights, when the DJ's playing the music, Drew's dancing, he's singing along, he's interacting with the ring car girls, he's, uh, you know, he, he's play fighting with you know, whatever officials in the ring, he's bantering with us at the broadcast desk. Um, I don't think anybody had more fun than that guy. And who can blame him? He, had an, he has an awesome job. He gets to watch fights from super close and super into what he's doing. Um, and then... As we look at the rest of the production, and I, you know, I'm not sure whose purview this falls under, but silly things like the way the fighters walked into the the ring. Uh, there were certain gyms uh, because of the way the space was set up. It was a little funky in that some of the fighters were up in one corner of the venue where they would walk down directly from, and they were those fighters were broken up by corners, and then there were. Other, other fighters who were off in the opposite corner, uh, on the opposite end of the venue from where the walk-ins were. So they'd have to sneak out a little early in order to be able to do their walk-out. But that was just the nature of the venue, unfortunately. It was just uh, the, the, uh, how they had to do it. There was no real way they could, uh, they, they could do that any differently. But the day before at the weigh-ins, they had taken headshots of everybody, you know, gotten clips of them like shadow boxing, um, headshots, you know, shots of them on the scale, all sorts of stuff like that. And then what I thought was so cool and high level is as the fighters were walking in, behind them was an LED screen. And that LED screen would light up with their name. And then it would have their headshot from the day before. And then after the headshot, they would make their walk. And as they were making their walk, it would cut to the name of the gym that they were representing. And the whole time they're doing that, there's a camera crew that's, wa that's watching the screen. And as they're walking out, the camera crew's backpedaling to be able to take um, video of them making their walk. And there's a couple of screens around the venue, and these are being projected on the screens around the venue, which was just an awesome. It, it was almost, I hate to say UFC quality in such a small venue, but it's the kind of thing you expect at a very high level show like that. Like I've been to 
you know, other professional mixed martial arts shows, and you didn't see this level of production even there. Um, and then what I thought was a unique thing in the way that they did it, because of the space restrictions of the venue, just because of, you know, having a cage in a venue of this size and having to be able to have the commission and the crowd and everybody around it, there was not a way to get a head-on shot of the fighters doing their final preparations with their coach, you know, their coach putting the Vaseline on them or, you know, give them a hug, final words of advice, and then them being checked out by the athletic commission. So instead, they had the cameraman who was propped up on the cage was taking uh, an overhead shot. And it was a very unique perspective to look at that. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it kind of added something to it. Um, it, it was a cool thing. And then they, they would be into the ring themselves. Um, like I said, I was just very impressed by that, how professional that part of it was done. They had security opening up the walkway because there wasn't a, a, a defined walkway per se. Um, and like I said, the energy was awesome. The security was awesome. And then, I mean, now I've got to do the, the part that I'd like to talking about myself part, but um, doing commentary was, was really something special for me. It was, it was a really fun experience. Like I said, I thought everybody who was involved in the production was fantastic. All the sponsors, uh, you know, they all introduced, either I introduced myself to them or they introduced themselves to me. Um, we had little conversations. You know, this person who's uh, plugging this product was, here, here, take one of my product. Oh, okay. <laughs> Girls, anything he wants tonight, give it to him. For, just give it to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not here for all that stuff. But just, you know, friendly, really involved people. Um, this, the, even, even the ring card girls were very professional that way. Uh, the guys who did the announcing for the, um, later on for the main card, they were super welcoming, super nice. I had some great conversations with them throughout the night. Uh, one of them was involved with some of the fighters who were fighting, so he had to duck, duck out of the booth a few times. And uh, the person who I did my, my broadcasting with, uh, TJ, would jump in and fill that, that extra chair. Um, but... Nonetheless, uh, I, I got partnered with a gentleman by the name of TJ, and TJ was you know, very good about, about what he did. He was very professional for someone who I know only does this you know, one, once a month or so. Um, and he was all up on the records of these guys. He's been a part of Flex Fights for a very long time. So he's got to see many of these fighters multiple times. So because he's got to see them multiple times, he knows their records. He knows what they're good at. He remembers, you know, the last fight they had with Flex Fights. And he, he did a, a really good job of communicating that stuff. The, uh, if we wanted to draw an equivalency uh, between who, what jobs were done, um, he was doing what's called the play-by-play, -play, where he's basically just kind of telling the crowd, or telling the viewers rather that you know this is what's happening, uh, you know, and, and just um, not really the martial arts part of it, but explaining what's going on. Uh, where I did more of the uh, the the color, where I'm educating the the viewers who are maybe not educated as to what's going on in these detailed exchanges. You know, I'm talking about what fighters are doing well, um, what I'd like to see them do, what I would tell. If I were their coach, what I would tell them to improve upon, you know, what I would do to make them, um, you know, be more successful, uh, what they're doing well, and how to get back to it, or if their opponent's doing something well, how to get away from it, and, and that was that was a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, TJ kind of 
he gave me a, a quick little thing like, do you understand the difference between these things? And I was like, yeah, yeah I, think my, I think I understand my job is here, you know, to be here to explain martial arts. And um, we got to watch some really, really cool fights. Um, it was a, a fun to be part of the production and see how well the, everybody was, it was a well-oiled part of the machine. You know, um, the fighters would get introduced. Drew Park in the ring would start by talking, you know, introducing them, you know, the, you know, introducing first in this corner, blah, their name. And then I would jump in with some of the research I had done with them the previous day, how long they've been training, who they were representing, what their record was, if there's anything they've been working on, just, you know, whatever background they gave me. And some people gave me some really cool um, anecdotes about them or background about them, and I was able to sprinkle that in. Um, then TJ would jump in with, you know, other, you know, various hundred things with the last time he saw them fight and so forth. Uh, then we'd give Drew the, you know, the all clear symbol that he was good to start talking about the next person. He'd introduce the next person. Um, and then we'd do the same, the same idea there. And, you know, it was cool in the corner of these fighters seeing certain people that I knew, uh, people who were, you know, fairly big name martial artists in the, uh, in the space, um, like I did see uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and high-level competitor Alex Vamos was there in the corner of one, his, one of his fighters, uh, former King of Pancrase and uh, former cast member of The Ultimate Fighter Andy Main was in the corner of one of his fighters, um, and, you know, a, a few other people. Uh, there was a gentleman who used to fought, fight in the UFC, and again, even though, though it's now days later and I had a chance to look it up, his name is escaping me once again. Uh, his nick fight nickname was the Holy War Angel. I remember because it stuck out, stuck out to me. And uh, former Tiger Shawman's fighter Uriah Hall uh, fought and beat him. So it was cool seeing all those guys there. And then later on in the day, seeing former UFC fighter Ryan the Flair. He was uh, was there were some guys who were on the main card. Um, but it was cool to be able to talk about those guys. And then the actual talking about the fights. Um, you know, TJ and I seemed to have a nice little balance going back and forth where, you know, I would feed things back into him. He would feed things back into me. And it, it was a really, uh, it was a really, really cool experience overall. I very much enjoyed doing it. Um, everybody seemed welcoming. Everybody seemed to, uh, you know, everybody did, did their best to make me feel like one of the team. Like I, you know, like I had been there for as long as everybody else. Um, I brought some friends of mine to, to the fights as well. They watched, they were there for the main card on, so I got to watch the fights with them, which was great practice because then I got to go up and break the martial arts down for them because they don't understand that nearly as well. But all in all, a, a really cool experience. Uh, as someone who's been to many fight events, there was a couple of things that I like to see. Obviously, first and foremost, an independent sanctioning body. The fights were sanctioned by ISKA. It's a sanctioning body for, for competition events. So they were there to um, be to make sure all the rules were followed. They provided the referees and, and such. Uh, I was glad to see the doctor there checking the fighters out the day before at the weigh-ins, as well as um, the doctor checking them out at the event that night. And then when they were walking out of the cage, the doctor checking them out again, just to you know make sure everybody was okay. Um, I did have one freak accident of a guy who threw a punch, missed, and popped the shoulder out of the socket. And the medical staff, to their credit, despite how difficult the time they had, were able to get his shoulder back in the socket, which was not so much fun to watch <laughs> as a commentator, but uh, they, they did a great job of that. Um, what I also really liked is there were not a lot of mismatches. 
When you see a ton, a ton, a ton of mismatches on a card, it's usually indicative of poor matchmaking, of somebody who's from a specific gym and they want that specific gym to shine, so they put them with competition that is of a lower level. And that's usually done purposefully. Uh, here, there was only like one or two fights that I could really consider a, a very big mismatch out of 19. Um, and those fights, I knew that the opponent, the guy who was of much lesser skill, was a very late replacement. So in that case, you kind of forgive that because, you know, the fighter's just trying to stay on the card and, you know, the promoter's trying to fight any, find anybody who's willing to fight them. So, you know, there's that. Um, but the fighters seemed, every fighter I talked to gave me the, you know, we, well, I'll fight for you guys every month kind of deal. Um, the production staff was fantastic. Afterwards, you know, every, everybody was Super gracious. We all got called into the cage at the end. We took big pictures. Chris was hugging everybody. I was the second person to get a hug. I thought that was pretty cool. But he's like, man, thank you so much. Um, I've been messaging back and forth with everybody, everybody on the staff since then, from TJ to Drew Park uh, to, to Nick and Chris. Uh, hopefully, I, you know, I'll be able to do this more in the future. But it was just an awesome experience. Um, I, 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 I saw some things that really filled me with faith in this, in this promotion. They're not like a fly-by-night or they're just to make a certain gym look good kind of promotion. Uh, so that was really exciting. Um, that was, you know, that's something that I would definitely, you know, tell people with confidence to put their, their fighters on the card. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the next one. What's kind of cool is the next one will be about five minutes down the road from my school. So hopefully I'll get some people in the crowd there, uh, which would be awesome. Hopefully I will get to be a part of the uh, production again. Uh, but nonetheless, it was an awesome experience. I'm glad I get to talk to you guys about it. Uh, you can actually check out the pay-per-view. It's on throwdownsports.com. Uh, Flex Fights 10. You, you can go online, get the pay-per-view, and you'll be able to watch the fights and hear my commentary for the prelims. So check it out. I think that was pretty cool. Um, beyond that, folks, that's all I have for you guys this week. I'm just still buzzing about this awesome and fun experience. So with that in mind, as always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore leonelli. On Facebook, I'm sensei james leonelli. Find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find <coughs> excuse me, us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tigershulmansmithtown. On, on uh, Instagram and Twitter at tsmma underscore smithtown. You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. You can find the podcast on Instagram at tssmithtownpodcast. And until next time, my friends. Invest in yourself, and I will see you guys on the map.